Welcome to episode 1204 of The Sleeper in the Bus. I am Justin Mason, joined as always on stage by Jason Collette. How you doing, my friend? Hey, uh, I'm still standing. I haven't been punched in the face today, so that's uh, that's good news. Clean-shaven face for the first time in a while. But uh, yeah, how you doing, man? I am patiently waiting to see if the Guardians and the White Sox have another brawl here. Uh, currently, the top of half the inning went uneventful. And so far, uh, no hitting of uh, of uh, Stephen Kwan. So uh, we'll see uh, if uh, Jose Ramirez gets plunked here in a minute. Uh, I will give you my live reaction if it does go down. But, uh, man, what a fight. That was a real fight. That wasn't even like – and we're going to talk about it here in a second. Uh, <laughs> so might as well jump in. We're going to talk about a bunch of fab. Uh, we're also going to talk about some news and notes first. We'll start with that Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez fight. Uh, a, a great fight. I mean, that was a real fight, not a typical uh, baseball fight that we're used to, uh, quote-unquote fight that we're used to seeing. Oh, my God, and he just dropped the easiest of pop flies. Uh, though uh was able to then get uh, him out in second. So, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I think uh, Jose Ramirez is up to bat right now. So we will, we will uh, see. Uh both guys are likely going to be suspended. Right? Yeah. Um, and then somehow Eloy Jimenez gets hurt in this uh, <laughs> in this melee. I don't know if it, he'd been dealing with a heel issue. I don't know if he aggravated it, trying to hold people back, um, or if he injured something else. Uh, you're obviously not doing anything with these guys. Would you drop Tim Anderson at this point, though? He's been tough to carry uh, this far. I mean, he's going to be... I was talking with uh, Craig last night via text. We were talking like what the suspension is going to be. I, for me, I would say it's going to be longer for Anderson as the instigator. Plus, it looked like he made contact with the umpire trying to push him out of the way. And and I was it Bucknor? I didn't see exactly who it was, but he's like treated it like a hockey match. Like, all right, boys, go ahead. Uh, and, and they dropped. So I could see him getting like a seven. I don't know how you like try to appeal that. Be like, no, I didn't really mean to put my hands up and you know, after all, can I get a game knocked away since I, I showed I have a glass jaw and fell over. But I mean, this is the fantasy relevance of it all. We're looking at a guy who could be out for an entire scoring period. Who's already been killing your, uh, your team. Ramirez, he could be out half a scoring period. You assume he's going to get three games out of this. Uh, and then whatever happened with Eloy. I mean, I don't, really don't know what happened unless he stepped on somebody's foot. Cause you know, he was in the middle of the second melee. Uh, and then he does like you see him hopping out of the room. You can't see exactly what he did, but he started hopping out uh, like he hurt his leg. And it's like, oh, man, of all guys to get hurt, that's the one that gets hurt just be standing around. So I don't know. But Anderson, yeah, at this point, what are you, you know, what are you carrying him for? He's not stealing bases. He's hit one home run. And what's the point at this point? Yeah, I think I, I mean, if you're still holding on to Anderson, you might want to just drop him because I do think, I think both these guys could get suspended for the entire scoring period. Um, and uh, that's really, really unfortunate for Jose Ramirez, uh, people rostering Jose Ramirez right now because he is a stud, has played like a stud, uh, and the Guardians really need him. I mean, they're missing a ton of pieces right now, you know, aside from the ones that they traded away in Ahmad Rosario uh, and Josh Bell. Josh Naylor hits the IL as well. Uh, they're not going to call up Kyle Manzardo until at least mid-August, if at all, uh, because uh, I think they have to wait till mid-August to retain rookie eligibility coming into next season. So um, 
I mean, this is kind of a bare bones team, a team you actually might want to stream against this week uh, if you have that option. Yeah, I mean, with the with with the way that lineup is situated right now, why even pit that if if they're gonna? You figure Ramirez is going to appeal a suspension, so he's going to get to play while he appeals, but he's going to get something out of this. And then at that point, why pitch to him? I mean, they got Cole Calhoun in that lineup right now. That with with Jose, they got Oscar Gonzalez, who we talked about last week as the guy hitting cleanup now most days. Why even pitch to Ramirez? Uh, if yeah. you know, you look at the lineup, you'd be like, uh, that guy, don't let that guy hurt me. Unless he comes up with bases loaded, uh, you know, pitch around him, see what happens. And if he's not in that lineup, like you said, Stream City, if you've got a, if you, let's say he's out this coming weekend and they're like, nope, we, we can't, you know, he's going to be out. He's got to sit down. I don't care who your who the pitcher is. I'm taking my chances against that pretty ugly Cleveland lineup. Well, and we're going to talk about uh, a couple of the guys that you could potentially stream against them uh, in our fab section because Hyunjin Ryu uh, goes up against Cleveland tomorrow as the beginning of a two-step. And then Zach Littell, who we'll talk about again in the uh, in that uh, fab section, uh, is going to face them on Saturday. So uh, some some pretty interesting streaming options, uh, you know, for you uh, potentially. So let's uh, let's talk about the next piece of news. Uh, that's Jazz Chisholm hits hurts his hamstring. <clears throat> Obviously, you're not dropping Chisholm. Chisholm has the uh, you know, I mean, unless he goes on the eye out, it looks like he's going to miss an extended period of time. Um, he's got a ton of upside, but man, this guy cannot stay healthy. What are you doing with Jazz Chisholm next year? Because I mean, not drafted him in the fourth round. Uh, he was a fourth or fifth round guy. Uh, mm -hmm. they're saying this latest one is just cramps. Uh, okay. so they're day to day, but still, yeah, this this isn't the first time we're like, oh, we're watching it. Then he's hit the IL, but yeah, this is this was the concern with Chisholm coming into the year was could he stay on the field? Uh, and he has not. So. You would hope that we all take a look at it differently and say, "Look, you know, we we can't spend we can't spend the fourth fifth round pick on the upside because yeah, if he could stay on the field, he's twenty twenty, you know, twenty five twenty five possibility. But the fact that he's missing so much time this year should pull him down, and and maybe you get maybe you get to the fifth round, somebody else is willing to take the risk. Uh, it's not I'm not ready to put him into the bucket of saying, "Oh, he's burned me once, he's dead to me." Nobody's dead to me. But uh, it's like, this is the second year in a row that I've been on the uh, the Chisholm wagon and have been left wanting more. So he's not dead to me, but he is definitely going to be moving down my personal rankings this winter. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think that is probably the right call. Uh, I was already out on him coming into this season. I just couldn't understand why people were willing to spend the high draft picks they were considering his injury history. I'll probably feel the same way. I mean, unless he has a huge drop in the ADP. I just don't see that happening considering, I mean, he's just a fun player to root for. We love watching him play when he's playing. Um, and he is electric on a per game uh, basis, but I just, it's so hard to like, you know, lose that production throughout the year. Uh, so uh, I probably will be out on jazz chisel again. Probably should have talked about Josh Naylor and Kyle Manzardo just in connection with uh, them. I already said, I, I think, uh, Manzardo is probably not coming up until at the earliest mid-August, so you've got another week or two before that happens. Um, are you dropping Josh Naylor, who's out on the IL with an oblique injury uh, for the next three to six weeks? 
so we talked a little bit about last week how I wrote the article uh, about when guys come back from injury. And obliques tended to be right on target when they believe they're going to come back. But the fact that, for, especially for hitters, when they came, when they say three to six weeks, though, man, that's yikes. I mean, he's not, you, you, you lose him for August and now, now you're into September. So once he comes back, I would expect him to be able to pick up where he left off. That said, is four, four to five weeks of Naylor worth more than eight to nine weeks of what I can put in there for a replacement? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Uh, I have this question to ask. I lost Naylor in a home AL league. I've lost him in at least one of the league. And it's tough. I mean, he he's the RBI. He had 79 RBIs this year. You know, he's been the RBI machine uh, for Cleveland. Whatever Ramirez hasn't driven in, Naylor has. And so that's the toughest part uh, of this. We have to ask yourself what's possible to stream on the waiver wire or what do you have on your bench that you can rotate in uh, that you can use there. So I would say it's a case-by-case basis, but I certainly can understand if somebody cuts. If, if you're in a shallower league, a 12-team where you have options, I can understand it. Uh, in a 15-team league where you may not have the options, I understand You know, trying to find something else uh, to plug the hole and then hopefully it's closer to three weeks than it is six weeks. Yeah, um, I think I'm probably dropping him in most mixed leagues. I, I mean, the Guardians have already said they're going to be very conservative with him. Uh, and so I think it's probably going to be closer to that six-week timeline, and that puts you mid-September. And, and I, I don't know. I just don't think he's worth holding on to at that point. So I would move on. Uh, I think stashing Kyle Manzardo probably isn't going to be worth it necessarily. He hasn't been great in AAA to begin with. And there's no guarantee the Guardians even pull him up. I think that it's much more likely we see like Mason win before we see Kyle Manzardo. So um, I, I'm, I'm probably just ignoring this whole situation, getting rid of Naylor and moving on to somewhere else. Well, how about the uh, one I was just looking now, one of my leagues, I have, I have no option. Uh, I have to use Nick Prado off the IL to replace, to replace Josh Naylor because that's the only guy I have left. Everybody else Dude. has been either waived uh, or hurt, currently hurt. And so I have to pick up, I have to take one of those guys because it's a draft and hold. Yay. <laughs> yeah, that, no that, <laughs> that is a bummer. Um, <laughs> it's like Gene Segura, currently unemployed, Bobby Dahlbeck, minors, Nick Prado, minors are hurt, uh, and somebody else. I'm trying to look at what else, whatever else I have, everybody else's second base or shortstop. I've got no other moves I can make to move somebody around third base or corner. So that's it. All right. Well, next uh, next thing on the docket, Walker Bueller is going to start a minor league rehab assignment. Do we care for this year? No. Okay. You know my yeah. stance on this. No. Yeah, I, I <laughs> I'm I'm lockstep with you. For those who don't know, guys come back from Tommy John. I typically don't care about them in their first season back uh you know and i'll definitely be watching it because it'll influence where i kind of rank him coming into 2024 but um and it's nice to see him get back on the mound for a little bit uh prior to uh next season but i i don't care this year i mean just to remind he had his we're not even a year removed from a surgery date he had a surgery oh, wow. august 23rd this okay. is a, this is very aggressive to me very aggressive he comes back it may be in like one to two inning stints. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, where will you be on him next year? Let's say he finishes the year healthy. Um, he looks, you know, decent enough uh, in these one to two inning stints that we, we likely will see him at. Uh, 
where are you at on Walker Bueller coming into 2024? Probably about 75% of where the rest of the marketplace is. Okay. If he falls to me, fine. Not somebody I'm targeting. Okay. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Um, Jose Urquidy, or Jose Urquidy uh, rejoins the Astros rotation, which means JP France goes to the bullpen. Are you picking up your Kitty and are you dropping JP France? Uh, if I'm in leagues where I'm chasing wins, yes, I'll take my I'll take my chances on it. I know it's been kind of spotty for Urquidy this uh, this year, but if I need wins, I need wins, uh, and the Astros can certainly provide it like that. You just got to hope Urquidy's not giving up all the home runs that he's allowed this year. Yeah, I, I don't like Jose Urquidy. I've never understood the industry's uh, love of him. Uh, you know, I blame you know. Yeah, no, I mean, and like, you know, I love Eno. I think he's, you know, <laughs> right a hell of a lot more often than I am on pitching. So, uh, but I've just never understood due to hit factory. Like, he just he's gives up so many effing hits. Um, and I, I just don't, like, I, I don't even understand why they're even making this move. They should be putting France, uh, or keeping France in the rotation, who I know the underlying metrics don't support what he's done, but he's pitched really, really well. And maybe he can outrun those metrics for a little while longer. Um, so this is a, a little bit of mind boggling move uh, for me. Uh, I, I, I think I do drop France in tens and twelves and fifteens. I may keep him because he may end up just being the follower to your and like picking up the wins that your uh you know, tends to blow if uh, he uh, uh, is only going like three, four innings uh, in a lot of games. So, I think in 15 team leagues, I'm probably going to try to still hold on to France, uh, but uh, everywhere else, I, like I dropped them today in uh, our Yahoo uh, 12 team uh, sleep in the bus Yahoo league. So um, the uh, next uh, next item is uh, Liam Hendricks uh, gets Tommy John. Um, this kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> he was working his way back, and then all of a sudden they announced he had surgery. Uh, so I mean, obviously something went wrong. Uh, in the rehab, uh, and he is going to be missing all of next season uh, because of this. Uh, right now, their closer is uh, Gregory Santos. Uh, he is on bereavement leave right now. You expect Santos to hold down to the job rest of the way? Yeah, yeah, uh, I do. All uh, what I say last week: five saves. Yeah, rest of the way. I still Sounds believe better. that holds up. It just—it's just really shitty news for. Hendricks, who's already gone through enough this year. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully he can come back strong. Uh, in and uh, contractual, hold on a second, uh, because I think next year is his free agent year. Oh, that's that's really bad. Which is going to be really, yeah, I'm almost certain that last next year is the last year. Yeah, that's the other ish side thing of this is they have a club option of $15 million for next year. They're not. They're if I'm not the White Sox, how do you pick that up? I, I mean, I don't know you can. I mean, I it, in you know maybe maybe there's a team out there that says, hey, we'll give you a a, a two year deal, um, you know, with hopes that you're going to be fine, you know, in the same way like Ken Giles got uh, when he was coming back from uh, that worked Tommy out John. well. Huh? Yeah, I, and Garrett Richards got one too. That worked, one worked out a little Ray's bit. Scott better, did but... it with uh, Nathan Eovaldi, and that worked out really well for him. I mean, he sat out all of 16 mm-hmm. and then came back in 17 or 17. I forget the exact two years, but it worked out well for him. But yeah, this is the really shitty part. Uh, is he has a fifteen million dollar club option, uh, and I don't, you know, there's no way they're picking that up. No, absolutely not. Uh, that's just 
really crappy timing. $15 million buyout, <laughs> which, which is good. I mean, that's the good part for Hendricks in this situation. If it's a club option. Uh, yeah, it just says, I'm looking at spot track. It says 2024 club option includes a $15 million buyout deferred at 1.5 million from 2024 to 2033. No. I mean, at least he's getting a little bit of cash. So maybe long-term, but um, all right. All right. I, I mean, I don't think we need to talk about his 2025 values. So we can move on. Uh, Tyler Glasnow was scratched back spasms today. Uh, are you worried about this? Cause this is really troubling for me. You and I were talking about this prior uh, air is I don't have a fantastic rotation in Tatworth to begin with. And Glasnow was one of the guys that was holding things together for me uh, along with Joe Musgrove who's now on the IL. Um, what are you doing with uh, Tyler Glasnow? Are you worried? I'm dying a little on the inside uh, is what I'm doing. I mean, on the, on the heels of the news that Shane McClanahan is flying to California to get other opinions on his elbow, which reads terribly because mm-hmm. that's where Dr. Neil Atrash, I think that's how you pronounce his name. That's where he's based out of. So put two and two together on where this story is likely going, at least with glass. Now there, the news, they did a, a interview before the game and, and Kevin cash was, they think they caught this in time type of thing with glass now, and that he could possibly pitch in the St. Louis series, which is in Tampa Bay this week. They have Monday off this travel day. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so there's a chance that that glass now could pitch in that series um, with that. So, you know, any bad pitching news is bad. I mean, they don't really have any other. They sent Taj Bradley down for a reason. Uh, and they've, you know, Zach Littell, who we'll talk about in a little bit. It was part of, you know, they've plugged that gap a, a little bit and they've acquired Aaron Savali. But, you know, they're running of options. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm concerned, but hopefully it's just one of these things where, it's back spasms and it's one and done, but this is what we've had hand cramps in his glove hands a couple of times. It's like, it's always been something with glass. Now just a reminder, plenty of upside, but the, the downside in the, how much he actually pitches is very real year after year after year. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm always worried when there's an injury with glass. Now that's unfortunately the case. Uh, Hopefully this one isn't as big of an issue. As it is with Joe Musgrove, who hits the IL with a shoulder with shoulder soreness or inflammation, uh, they did MRI. They said there's no structural damage, which is good news. But he's going to be shut down for the next three weeks with the hopes that he could be back uh, at some point this season. Uh, this doesn't sound good at all in terms of his fantasy value. Rest of the way, are you dropping Glass now everywhere? Dropping Musgrove, you mean? Sorry, sorry, dropping yeah. Musgrove. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if you're shutting down a if you're shutting down a guy for three weeks, that means then they have to resume a throwing program. Yep. So that's probably another one to two, two weeks. weeks yeah. That's a long time. Uh, now I would say the only the only league I have Musgrove in is a draft and hold. I can't. You know, I have, but he is now the. I was just looking at my bench in that league where we have 27 bench spots. I have 14 guys on the IL in that draft and hold. Uh, so it's like I'm running out of options uh, on pitching side. I, and I have Glenn Otto and Tyler Wells and Sean Armstrong and Jeremiah Estrada and Cody Morris are the only pitchers I have left that can use uh, with that. So I would, if I had the opportunity to drop Musgrove at this point, I would have to. Uh, with pitcher, I mean, you're talking three weeks. That's five, six starts plus the throw at six or seven. I'd rather take my options of what else is out there than hold that spot at this point. It's just too late in the season. I say this is somebody who, who, uh, 
have been has been holding a guy that just got activated today in Brandon Woodruff uh, in a I think in a twelve in a twelve team league. I've held him this whole time and he's back today on my bench because I I didn't trust Milwaukee enough to activate him uh, for Sunday, so I, I left him down on that. But I don't I can't take this chance with Musgrove and and, and wait it out and hope that it gets better. Yeah, I mean, three weeks gets us to the last week of September. And then August. if you add, sorry, last week, August, and then uh, apparently all over the place today. Uh, and then if you add, let's say, two weeks, that puts you around September 10th. So then you get four weeks left of the season. Like that's that's a really difficult decision. I think it really depends on what you can do. Uh, bench wise, right? Like, if, if it's an NFBC, I think it you probably need to drop him unless you just have no other injuries. Um, uh, or if your IL is full with guys that you'd rather you know hold on to that are gonna be back sooner. Um, but this is this is a really really tough spot. I think it for, also depends on where San Diego is in the playoffs, yeah. You can shut them down, yeah. If, 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 if they're doing poorly, then like shut them down because I mean, they again. They just gave him a brand new contract. Yeah. Just did this. So they, you know, exercising caution here would be the best play to be like, hey, you know what? We got another $80 million invested in that right arm. Uh, do we really want to push it in September and have you, you know, further further risk uh and and eat and have the problem? So for me, I don't I would lean for him not pitching again this season. Just yeah, looking at the long-term picture. They're currently three games behind the final wild card spot, but with three teams in front of them for that uh, fi- or final wild card spot, not including Cincinnati, who owns that final wild card spot. So you got to battle four teams when you're three back already. I think there's a really good chance that they're probably out of this by the time uh, Musgrove is able to come back. And so I, I do think that unless you are stashing him on an IL, like in Tout Wars, I think I'm just going to stash him. I've done an unlimited IL there, right? But in NFBC, I'm going to have to make a really, really tough decision today. Uh, you did mention Brandon Woodruff returns today. I mean, full go, right? Full go. All right. Full uh, go. He's I, back. He's been – he's uh, looked well on his rehab starts. I'm putting him right back in my lineup this coming week. I am if as I well. I've held on to so. him this long. <laughs> Damn straight I'm going to use him the rest of the season. Yep. Uh, let's move into the fab section. We're going to start with Hyunjin Ryu, who gets to start a uh, two-week uh, week this week uh, at Cleveland, so with potentially no Jose Ramirez. Uh, though, I assume Jose Ramirez will appeal whatever suspension is levied, which means he would probably get to actually play in this uh, first game on Monday against Hyunjin Ryu, and then home versus the Cubs. Any interest in Hyunjin Ryu? Yes, I would say, yeah, I know last week I was like, yeah, you know, coming back from it. But again, this is Cleveland. Uh, and even if Jose Ramirez does play, this is the guy. You just pitch around him. Hung Jim Ryu can certainly do that. He can certainly pitch around one guy. Uh, so, yes, if, if you're going to use him, this is the type of this is the type of matchup that you want to use him against. Uh, and, you know, if they that means he's got a second. That would mean Ryu would also have the Cubs on the back end of it, which is a bit of a risk. Uh, depending on how the wind's blowing. Uh, we've seen what Chicago's been able to do offensively uh, a few times here of late. So it's a it's a wash of a week in that regard. Whatever benefit he has pitching Cleveland, he's got to absorb the uh, the Chicago, although the game in Chicago, uh, the game with Chicago is in Toronto. 
Uh, so the what rules the weather piece of it out. So, but that's still a, that's still a potent lineup uh, that they're putting out there these days. So, yeah, I'd roll with them uh, and just hope he just pitches around Ramirez and can handle the rest of the lineup. I think I'm probably skipping this one. I think there's just so many good two starts that are available off the wire this week that uh, I think I'd probably want to go in a different direction. Maybe reuse at the bottom of like kind of my bid list, but I, I just. I'm kind of hoping I don't end up with Rio. I think that he's one of those guys that I don't think he offers the upside that he used to. And uh, Toronto hasn't been playing particularly well as of late. Uh, so, like, it, you know, what is the win potential necessarily? Uh, you know, I don't think it is what it normally is. So I think I would probably skip this one uh, personally. Uh, one that I'm not going to skip that's probably going to be at the top of my uh of my bid list this week is Cole Reagans. Uh Reagans uh is a guy we talked uh, Paul and I talked about earlier in the week and we said if he has a good start the bids are going to be higher. He had a good start, he now gets a two start at Boston and home versus St. Louis. Where are you on on Cole Reagans? I would say about the same uh with Ryu, the stuff the start with Boston is tough. Uh but then the St. Louis is a nice start for him. Uh with with any Kansas City pitcher, it's always the concern of can they get the offensive support to get the win. Uh, I certainly like – I've watched Reagan's pitch a couple of times. I like what I see there. I just don't like the circumstance. Uh, and the matchup, the Boston one concerns me because it's that team can do some damage at Fenway. If this was both starts in Kansas City, I would feel differently. But the, the Fenway start, nah, I want to pass. I'm not as optimistic as you are. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I've been really impressed with what he's done uh, so far in the minors and in the majors since uh, coming over to Kansas City. Uh, he's got a really good opportunity. I think this is one of those where you can stream and just hold. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going for him. He, like I said, probably at the top of my bid list this week. Uh, the aforementioned Zach Littell is going to get a start uh, versus Cleveland. Uh, pitched well. I was not a believer when we talked about him earlier in the week. Um, I'm still not a believer, and so I'm probably not picking him up for this start. Are you? Uh, I I picked him up in Ale Tout last week, and I had him as a conditional bid in a couple of other leagues. But the pitcher just before was the guy that got the was the guy I ended up with. Uh, so with Latell's a it's a tough because I've seen him. He's a strike thrower. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, he is a pitch to fate guy. He can get some swing and miss with the splitter, uh, but to me, it's a it's a it's a pitch to fate. Uh, and so we're talking about a lot of stuff in play. When he does make mistakes, they get hit hard. But he does throw a lot of strikes and uses the defense behind him. So that part of it's working well. But the the line between dominant, not even dominant, survival and disaster. Uh, it's tough for him to navigate. And and so far, like he did, I thought he did a really good job uh, in his outing against uh, Detroit on Friday and the one before that. I mean, he's he's done the job the team has asked him to do. That said, it's, it's pitch to fate. Uh, and there's not a lot of swing and miss this week. He has the matchup will be St. Louis, which is a nice matchup, and then Cleveland. So I believe that's – I don't think – is it a, a two-start week for him? I don't believe it is. Uh, it is not. No, it's, yeah, it's just a single start. So he'll have the St. Louis start. So I would go with him for the St. Louis start because that's just not a lineup that's doing much these days. Um, Wait, no, it's, it's a Cleveland start. 
Oh, it's Cleveland Stone. Well, so I'd still go with him because there's a good yeah. chance that that um, Ramirez will have been suspended at this point. Yeah, he should be by that point. Yeah, I, I can make the understand. I, I can make the argument to use him for this start, but after this, like, I'm I'm trying to see where he might line up for his next start after this. So, the uh, Giants. One, two, three, four. No, at the Angels. I I would not want to start him there. So uh, I think if you're going to stream him, it is definitely a short-term stream, and then you drop and move on to someone else. But um, I'm a little bit more skeptical. I, I remember Zach Littell as a giant. Maybe that's coloring my uh, um, <laughs> my view of him a little bit too much, but he's just extremely hittable. I just think this is like little, literal bottom move the barrel stuff that the Rays are having to do because of all their injuries. And I don't want to scrape the bottom of the barrel if I don't have to. Um Speaking of spray, scraping the bottom of the, the Rays' barrel, Yanni Chirinos, uh, who was waived by the Rays, I'm sure they wish they could have him back right now. Uh, he lines up for a two-start in uh, uh, for uh, for the Braves. Uh, he pitched fairly well in his last start, uh, but this is mostly about matchups. He's going at Pittsburgh, at the New York Mets, two offenses that are not very good right now in very good uh, home pitching parks. Are you streaming Yanni Chirinos, who has the Atlanta Braves offense supporting him? Yeah, I would say it's it's the matchup, and and like you said, it's the Atlanta offense supporting him. So if you look at the outing that he had, his first, the first out, he's had two outings for Atlanta on the twenty eighth. He went three and two thirds, allowed four runs, three strikeouts, uh, no homers, and then against the Angels, five innings, six hits, three runs, five strikeouts, one walk, no homers, and that helped. His last outing with Tampa Bay, he allowed three home runs. To Kansas City, uh, so it's like he's on and, and getting back to the pitch to fate comment. That's what, and that's the line between survival and disaster. There were times when Chirinos would come out and could do the pitch to fate thing because he just doesn't have a lot of swing and miss. He doesn't have the same velocity they used to have, the same movement. So it was like, okay, let's throw strikes. But if anything were to miss, he would he could get into some get in some trouble. And Kansas City got to him twice. Because he had a start in the end of June where he allowed eight earned runs and five and a third to Kansas City. And then they came back in again and gave up. He gave up the, the, the four and two thirds, four hits and three runs, all three solo shots against Kansas City again. So it is a pitch to fate concept for him. That said, with that Atlanta offense, who seems like they're having a five run first inning every game, uh, there's a good chance if he goes five, he could get a win. And he did that in his last time out against a pretty good uh, Angels lineup. Not great at this point, but just pretty good. Uh, Angels lineup, but he got the uh, and he got the one in that situation. So by the matchup, yes, let's go with Sharinos this week. But be prepared for some ratio damage. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one where like you're you're pretty much going for if you're win seeking. Um, it's two really good home parks. Pittsburgh's been the best park to pitch in uh, in baseball this year. Uh, the Mets have been uh, up there as well, and you got that that. Atlanta offense behind you. So, like, if you're win-seeking, Yoni Chirinos could be available in a lot of leagues uh, for you to stream right here. Uh, if you are looking for strikeouts or looking to keep pristine ratios, oof, it might be a lot. I mean, you're definitely not going to get the strikeouts, but the ratios might be ugly as well. So right. um, I, I would be I would be very careful if you're in any sort of issue with your ratios. But like I said, if you're win-seeking right now, and a lot of people are, um, Yanni Chirinos has the opportunity to get two wins against two bad teams. Um, all right. 
moving on over to Adrian Hauser. Uh, Hauser's pitched decently well as of late and now gets a home start versus the Rockies. Are you streaming Adrian Hauser? Yeah, I've done that a few times with him this year in uh, in TGFBI and even in the uh, Rotowire OC. I've used Hauser a couple of times up and down um, when he's been out there. So this is a good matchup, and I would take a chance again this week. Yeah, I think I would. I mean, anytime you get the Rockies on the road, that's usually a pretty good way to stream. Um, you know, it's not the best of home parks, but uh, it's definitely much better in Coors. So uh, I think Hauser is a guy that I've loved in the past. He's just not quite turned into the pitcher I thought he might. Uh, but I think he's good enough to use in a short-term streaming situation here. Well, let's not forget, uh, let's look at the Rockies' reloaded lineup now that they've gotten rid of everything. Uh, there's not much there that's going to – that you're scared about outside of uh, I'm still a big Nolan Jones believer, but uh, and at home, it's a different story, but there's not much there to be scared about right now. Yeah. He would line up for a start next week against uh, at the Dodgers. So you're, it's As, clearly a short term. No, I benched Blake Snell yesterday and in, in, uh, in TGFBI, oh. I, ble- I benched Blake Snell this week because of that Dodgers start. And yeah, you got eight strikeouts, but there was a lot of ratio damage and it was a no decision. So I'm glad I benched him. Yeah, I, I, you know, that probably is the, uh, the, the probably was right, right, the right decision there. Um, uh, last starting pitcher on the docket um, is Dakota Hudson, um, and this again is oh, though they oh, it looks like they've changed the start to at Tampa Bay. Oh, I thought that was good. I thought he was going to be at Kansas City. I'm not starting Dakota Hudson. At no, Tampa Bay. I don't like him anyhow. But watch, he'll yeah, come out better. um i will say though that he lines up next week for if i'm correct a two-start week um home versus oakland and then home versus uh new york mets so so where is he so if i'm looking like i'm looking at the probable starters you're showing mikolas hudson's got the wins i'm sorry i completely overlooked the x yeah he's got the wednesday start against yeah Okay. Which will line him up, line up for two starts against Oakland and the Mets. Would you pick him up to bench him this week, but take that Oakland-Mets two-step? No. Okay. No. I, I'm not a big Dakota Hudson fan either. So I can understand making the play, uh, you know, because those are two winnable games for the Cardinals. But ultimately, uh, yeah, I, I don't love him enough to – or even like him enough to – to stash him for a week. So, um, I mean, especially- there, if you believe in the last outing, you know, he struck, he allowed three runs on two hits and three walks, struck out seven twins, which I mean, who hasn't struck out seven? Yeah. Twins here? Uh, so, you know, he got, he got the job done in that particular outing, but again, that's Minnesota. There's a lot of Hudson is not a strikeout pitcher and uh, he was able to get the job done at least in that particular outing. But no, I've never been. He's also another pitch to fate guy. And if you can get, if you can run into a lineup with a lot of swing and miss, maybe he can do something like this again. But this is definitely not his track record. I mean, he had seven strikeouts. He had six strikeouts in his previous three outings. Then he put up seven and one outing against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm probably passing, but I can understand people wanting to. So it is a very good two step next week. It's not one that I'm necessarily going to be on board. And, Speaking of St. Louis, Jojo Romero uh, is factoring into the ninth inning in St. Louis. Any interest in him? Nope. I mean, this, this is the bad. This is the bad team. There's not going to be much there. You still got some of the other pieces there. Uh, you still got Gallegos, um, Palante, 
no, I'm not very interested in Romero unless it's a matchup specific thing that they want to bring him in uh, as a lefty. But other than that, uh, no, no interest. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, not much on the wire for saves right now. Plus, I think Helsley will be back at some point. Um, I kind of say, like, if it's not NL League specific, but look at Bo Brisky. Uh, what's uh, Alex Lane? Yeah, here, here's mm-hmm. me rolling my eyes. The Rays walk, the Rays accepted three walks in the ninth inning and nobody scored yesterday mm-hmm. in a 4-2 loss. Uh, but Lang uh, walked three guys and they pulled him and then Bo Brisky came in and looked good. I saw Bo Brisky pitch twice this past weekend. He definitely has the velocity. Uh, it's a bit of a short extension type of delivery, but it's got some deception to it. And the fast one, he struck out Isaac Paredes on a fastball that was well up and out of the zone. But Paredes saw it out of the hand, thought it was going to be at the top of the zone. It was only three baseballs above that. So if you want to take a, a spec on a situation there, that's something you can look at. I know Jason Foley has pitched well, and Lang has pitched decently at times. But Bo Brisky's now come in twice in leverage situations that I've seen, and I've liked what I've seen. So there's a name for you. All right. Um, next, uh, let's move over to the offensive side of things. Uh, talk about Curtis Mead, who made his major league debut for the Rays. Uh, I think the question always is with the Rays is, is he going to play full time? So are you going to be aggressive this week on Curtis Mead anywhere? Uh, he has started. He's starting today. He started yesterday. He did not start in his debut. He got called up Friday. He didn't start. And so it's like when I try to figure out where is he going to play, the easy option for me would be Harold Ramirez, who's been in mostly of, of a massive slump uh, of late and Ramirez is sitting today, and even Luke Rayleigh, who for the most part has been in a big slump. So at a minimum, Meade could come up and take the the right the bats against lefties there uh, for that for that particular situation. So I would have to see how that all shakes out with that. At first, I thought that this is back when I thought the McClanahan news was precautionary that they were just going to call up Meade for a couple of days because they need they didn't need another pitcher. And they were going to use that. But now that we know that McClanahan's flying over to California to get other opinions, and we know that news is probably not going to end well, then this would be uh, an up-to-stay type of situation where they didn't, you know, the Rays didn't make an acquisition for a bat uh, at the at the deadline looking at, okay, we, you know, we've got Aranda. If we can find a place for him to play, we've got Meade. They did trade Manzardo on the pitching side. They've got Colby White. Uh, and Andrew Kittredge getting ready to come back in August at some point to add to the bullpen. So they're looking to use from within. So my belief is Mead is up to stay. Is he going to play every day? No. Yeah, it's really hard because I, I really like Mead as a prospect, um, but I do wonder if he's going to end up being kind of a better real-life guy than he is a fantasy guy, um, which is a, a tad bit concerning in the same vein that it looks like Miguel Vargas is a better real life guy, maybe than a fantasy guy. Um, that being said, like if you need a little bit of batting average and pop, uh, which is a really, really hard thing to get these days. Um, I don't know that there's going to be another guy that comes up other than maybe, you know, Kyle Manzardo that's going to help kind of fill that. So, uh, I think that there are going to be people who are pretty aggressive. I think you're going to need to be pretty aggressive in order to get him. Um, I just, I, I, I just I don't love it. it. If if Mead had not been hurt, remember he had a mm-hmm. wrist injury earlier in the season. I, I believe he would have been up sooner than this. The only reason he's being called too. up this late is because of the injury. 
Yeah. Because he's hit. I mean, when he's been healthy, he's been stinging the baseball for a year and a half now. Yeah. He just, I mean, he hasn't hit. He only hit one July home run in, in, in the minors. That, that's not given me a lot of uh, uh, faith that he's going to provide a lot of power the rest of the way. So uh, I don't think I'm going to be very over, even though I need some power in some leagues, I don't think I'm going to be overly aggressive. I think it'll be mostly just kind of backup bids. Um, all right. Uh, Luis Urias was one of the under, you know, rated uh, moves at the deadline. The Boston Red Sox traded for him. He'd been kind of just toiling around in the Brewers minor league system. The Red Sox then went on to DFA Christian Arroyo, who's been a big part of their team this year, uh, in order to bring uh, Luis Urias up. Any interest in Urias? Yeah, slight interest uh, because of that. You know, they they did move. Arroyo was out of options, so they've designated him for assignment. Uh, we've seen what Urias is uh, capable of doing previously, uh, and but we've also seen. Well, I guess we've seen the entire spectrum uh, of where that could of how that could play out. Yeah, they have had – it's going to be curious to see where he's going to play. Uh, but I, I would say – Second AL base, league, it looks like. AL League interested. 12-team mixed, no. 15-team mm-hmm. mixed, no. 18-team mixed, yes. That's kind of where my my level of interest is with him. But he certainly has the opportunity to, uh, to see what's there. And obviously the ballpark will be a nice fit for him uh, and his capabilities if he can rediscover what made him nice to have back in 2021 and, and briefly in 2022 before it started going south for him. Here's what I will say. Like, I, I agree that 10 and 12 team mix, I'm not interested. In a 15 team mix, he's eligible at second, third, and shortstop. Like that, if you just lost Brendan Donovan, Luis Urias fills a lot of holes that like Brendan Donovan was just helping you fill. That's true. Um, uh, now, I don't know what he's going to be, and I don't know – when Trevor Story comes back, if he's even going to have a job, like he may get sent right back down because he's one of the few guys on this team with options. But like, if you need roster flexibility, Sirius could be that dude. Um, and you know, he has shown some pretty interesting skills at the major league level before. I know he was pretty atrocious prior to getting sent down in Milwaukee this year, but he was also you know coming off of a uh, you know a pretty big injury. So I'm. I'm willing to take a gamble if I really need roster flexibility in a 15-team league. Fair enough. Uh, Let's finish out with Brendan Rodgers. You know, this is a guy that I'm on record as not really liking, thinking uh, I've said over and over and over again he is overrated for fantasy. He has trouble staying healthy. He doesn't have a ton of pop. It's just, you know, okay pop. And, you know, he doesn't sell any bases. Uh, but he plays in cores, and he's a former top-tier prospect. So people love him, including Paul, who's not on today, to defend uh, Brendan Rodgers right now. Well, good. That means are we you, can crash him. Awesome. Yeah. Are you picking him up? Because he is a middle infield bat with a little bit of pop that's going to play in cores. Are you picking up Brendan Rodgers? If I could stream, I mean, the, the stolen base thing can't be understated. He has as many career steals as Justin and I do. Yeah. That's that's where Brendan Rodgers, that cannot be understated. It's It's amazing to me that a middle infielder has never stolen a base in his, in his major league career. Uh, Yeah. He's got, yes, he has some pop. Yes. If I can have him on the bench and I can play him in games at home, then I will take a chance. And if I'm hurting with injuries, but otherwise, no, no. I mean, this, he's had plenty. And I would say it doesn't feel like he's just, he's not even 27 years old yet. That's the crazy thing about him. Uh, It's just, he's not even 27. He's just been on the periphery of the conversation for so long 
and all the tools and none of it has come together. None of it has come together as we expected expected it to. And no, no. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm not not that excited about it. He's not going to be a primary target for me uh, in free agent activity this weekend. And I'll just have to live in the glory days of what he did in the minor leagues. I remember going to see him in Asheville one time and the lights went out at that McCormick field. And so I only got to see one at bat. It's like, cool. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what he had 19 home runs in 110 games. It was that year. Yeah. I mean, the Rockies are on the road all week this week too. So like, you're not using him this week. They're all home all week next week. So if you're picking him up, you're picking him up to stash him for next week. Um, and I, I don't think he's good enough to be like just holding him on your bench. Um, I, I would rather have Luis Urias because at least Urias is eligible at three different positions to help fill in. So I just, I, yeah, I think I'd rather have so Urias. Brendan Rodgers is a 290 career hitter at home mm-hmm. and is a 241 career hitter on the road. Yeah. I just, I, I just don't think he is talented. I mean, I, there's talent obviously there, but I just don't think there's the production's not going to be worth, you know, having to like pick, you know, sit them on on the road and and all that. I just think it's not worth it. Uh, all right, that's going to wrap us up for this episode. Uh, what are you working on? Where can people reach you? At? So I'm working on an article. Uh, just about finished with it actually. The uh, about some of the changes that some of these pitchers have made when they. Uh, at the, some of the pitchers that were traded at the trade deadline, uh, some of the changes they've made. I'm not looking at Verlander or Scherzer. Like, what kind of changes are those guys making? But I took a look at some things like Jordan Montgomery. The Rangers have him throwing a cutter. Like, he had thrown, like, five cutters in his previous 10 starts, and all of a sudden the cutter was being used quite a bit uh, in his in his first Rangers start. Jack Flaherty basically has picked up the Kyle Gibson blueprint from the Orioles. Uh, and that went well for him in his first start. Aaron Savali, the the Rays, basically said, um, hey, use these four pitches. You're throwing six. Stop throwing the other two. And then Lance Lynn, if folks didn't watch Lance Lynn's first start against uh, the A's, uh, you know, lefties, he's, lefties have killed him all year long. And the Dodgers basically said, just throw fastballs to them. Throw in a few changes, but just go fastball heavy, something he never did with the White Sox. And it worked. You know, lefties got two singles off him. Uh, in 16 plate appearances. He gave up three home runs. They were all to the righties, which has been a problem all year, but the lefties had absolutely been murdering this guy, and all of a sudden, this worked. So it's like I'm trying to look at some of the changes with this guy and how we can look at these pitchers for the rest of the season because I think I even said this last week. Yeah, I was this close to the, trying to cut Lance Lynn or trying to trade him off my team in AL Labor because I've taken all that ratio damage along with the strikeouts. I mean, for what? Yeah, the strikeouts were cool, but the ratios have been killing me. And now he's with the Dodgers. It's like, okay, now he's off the trade block. I need to keep him. Uh, and uh, hopefully something's good there. So I'm taking a look at some of those guys and to see what we can expect. And I think I've got Lucas Giolito and Michael Lorenzen left to write up uh, before that article and should be live uh, tomorrow. Thanks. Uh, you can reach me on pretty much every social media platform. I Like I said last week, I, I've added a bunch of them, Post, Mastodon, uh, um, Blue Sky, all those. Uh, and uh, obviously on Twitter, you need and a link YouTube. tree like me, man. <clears throat> I need, I need one, but I also free. haven't, I haven't been using my my social media quite as much as I normally do. I answer questions when people ask, but haven't been yeah. posting as as freely as I, I normally uh, have in years past. I'm gonna try to get that going again, probably here in the off season. But right now, I'm the same way. I mean, 
day job's been crazy right now. That's mm -hmm. why I'm, I'm finishing an article on Sunday this whole week. Between that and <laughs> I had to get uh, went to my annual physical and they're like, hey, you should get the shingles vaccine. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm over 50 now. Sure. Uh, and I did. And that some bitch kicked my ass. Uh, I oh, was in like Friday night. I was like, eh. and then I woke up Saturday. And I was like, I don't know if I can get out of bed today. And so it took me until about eight o'clock last night until I was I feeling functional. Uh, but so, yeah, I, I went ahead and got round one of that done. And it was it was pretty harsh uh, for me. And uh, but I would rather that than deal with the deal with shingles. I remember a family relative had to go through that a few years back. And I was like, yikes, mm -hmm. no thanks. So, yeah. yeah, I had that vaccine done. But everything else came back good. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm, I'm writing Fantasy Pros three days a week, Fangraphs five days a week. And uh, yeah, that is uh, it for me right now. Uh, for Jason and myself, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season. Thanks, guys.